Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, this week's episode of Something New Every Week. This week, I have been trying to get this guy for a while now, and uh, he's traveling all over the world, and uh, I'm excited to finally connect with him. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, or I at least consider him to be a good friend of mine, uh, and we've known each other for a long time. Uh, Daniel Kudish, am I saying that right? I always say everyone's name wrong. It's Kudish, right? Yep. You got it. Uh, he is a uh, photographer uh, based. Well, I, I don't even know where you're based. He's a photographer, global photographer. Uh, him and his wife, Davina, have been friends of mine for a long time. And uh, I'm really, really excited to chat with you today. So welcome to Something New Every Week. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so he's always kind of soft-spoken to start. And I know that I'll get him. I, I'll get him going. It just takes a little while to get him to come out a little bit, but uh, Davina and Daniel are, uh, were originally based in Canada. Uh, really, really phenomenal photographers. Uh, I don't know about m- too much about their from where they begin, but I remember meeting them for the first time at a Mystic conference in Connecticut. And I remember when I first met them. Uh, I was a photographer in New York, and uh, I, I remember walking away from conversations with them then. I don't know if I've ever told them that. But I remember, I remember saying to myself, these two are going to be dynamos. And, uh, that has been nothing short. They were already at that point, but, uh, uh, they, they have, uh, done some incredible things. Daniel is also the, uh, one of the co-founders and owners of the Image Salon and, uh, continues to do some world travel. So I don't even know where to start. I want to start with, tell us, tell us, um, Let's start with photography. So you stopped shooting in 2018, I noticed on your website. Uh, talk to me about like uh, your beginnings of photography and I and how you guys started working together. Let's start there. Yeah, for sure. So my dad was a serious hobby photographer. Uh, whenever we would travel or just walk around the city, he always had a camera around him, took you know thousands of photos on film of our family. Um, so he got me into it at a fairly young age. I was maybe 13, 14. Um, and then when I had to choose, uh, something to do after high school, which in Canada ends when you're about 15, 16 years old and you do kind of like this two, three year before university, before college, uh, program, I was able to go into photography. So at the age of 16, I started a three year program in professional photography, graduated from that when I was graduated from that when I was 19. And uh, basically, I wanted to stick to commercial photography. Weddings were of zero interest to me. It was uh, 2000. It was like 2005, 2006. It was still very traditional, kind of cheesy. Um, and it, it just didn't speak to me. Uh, but I, I needed a job. So the first job I got was for a wedding photographer uh, who was very traditional. And of all things, I was in charge of his post-production. He was transitioning from film to to uh, digital photography. So I was able to help him out with that. 
And after working there for a year, I stumbled across the WPJA, the Wedding Photojournalist Association. Yeah. And I saw the work of, you know, Ben Christman and Wee Nguyen and, you know, the likes. And, you know, I, I just fell in love with this documentary candid approach to weddings. So I told the photographer I was working with, hey, do you mind if I come on as a third shooter for a few weddings with you? I just want to try out this very different style. If you like the photos, you can use them, but I also want to be able to use them for a portfolio. So I shot uh, five or six weddings with him, really enjoyed the candid approach. And by candid, I mean, I was shooting crooked verticals where the <laughs> subject was in, looking at the camera, you know, it was like very, <laughs> yeah, it, it was not what we know of like wedding photojournalism now. Uh, but I enjoyed it and it gave me enough to start a little website, paid for some uh, Google AdWord uh, advertisements and booked 20 weddings in my first year, which was uh, 2007. Wow. Essentially, in Montreal at the time, no one was doing that kind of candid photography. So yeah. it was open market. Uh, and so that was in 2007. And sort of like in the middle or end of that first year is when I met Davina. Uh, I was photographing for a magazine. Uh, that specialized in home decor and she was interning as a writer for them because she was in journalism school and oh, so man. we met uh, and she showed an immense interest in my photography right from the get-go and I booked a, my first destination wedding in Jamaica uh, around Christmas that year and I needed to bring a second photographer we had been dating just for a few months so <laughs> you can see where this is going uh, <laughs> So uh, we got her a camera, kind of went over the basics, and she came as a second shooter. And the rest was kind of history after that. We we shot separately for a couple of years, uh, took on way too many weddings in our first few years, uh, but then eventually found our way to shoot together and grow together as photographers. And, you know, uh, did that up until 2018, like you said. Yeah, and it's... It, for what I know of you guys, it's always been Davina and Daniel. Like when I met you guys for the first time, you guys had been shooting together and it really was an exciting time that, that mystic conference that I had met you at, uh, wedding photography was really changing and there were, uh, several people in our community that had really changing. Ben was one of them. I think Ben was speaking at that show. Uh, you mm -hmm. guys, uh, were you guys, you guys are, were you guys speaking at that one? No, I think when we first met you and Ben and a few other people, we were still in our infancy. That was like around 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we kind of came right after you guys. Um, and, you know, we're grateful for everyone who came before us. They kind of paved the way for, uh, you know, what wedding photography could look like. Right. It was indeed like a very exciting time. I'm so grateful that we all got to experience wedding <laughs> photography from like, 2010 to 2017 i feel like those were kind of like the, the glory days yeah and I, and I and i totally agree with you that it really was i've tried to explain it to some younger people that i've met or people that are getting started in the industry and so it was such i had already been shooting a long time so like it it, it was so exciting to just have people that were excited in wedding photography in general. Uh, but then the kind of work that they were creating was just so far beyond anything that I had ever seen before. And then you guys continued to create your own path and, and create work that was just unbelievable and, and, and win awards. Uh, and then, you know, I would see you at different shows and stuff like that. And then I guess it's been, I don't know how long. And, and so now I want to 
get into Image Salon a little bit and, and your decision to start that because it was it was a very different concept. There are other companies out there that do w- wedding uh, editing. Uh, so talk to me about like kind of the origin story for that a little bit. Yeah, so it was uh, 2014. Uh, Divina and I were really focused on traveling for weddings. We're only doing about 15, 20 weddings outside of Montreal. Right. Uh, but because we still had a, such a stronghold in our city, uh, we started a, an associate studio that took on 80 plus weddings every year. And so we had a lot of post-production to keep up with, plus, you know, Davina and I's uh, as well. So we were looking for solutions to outsource our editing. And everywhere that we tried at the time, we just felt like no one was asking us questions about our style. They were just doing right. really the basic minimum, assuming... I don't know what, but not doing anything the way that we would do it. And we realized it's because there was no personal relationship built between us, the photographer, and the editor. So we saw the opportunity. Um, We knew a lot about post-production. We had good workflows in place, and we had a lot of connections in the industry. So we decided to start Image Salon, and the premise was that a photographer would work directly with an editor, and they would form a relationship which would then give them really consistent results over time. And seven years later, we still have the same original photographers working with the same original editors uh, who all all work out of our studio. Well, a little bit less now because of the pandemic, but uh, everybody is from Montreal. So we spend a lot of time training and the editors are also photographers or graphic designers. We don't outsource anything further overseas. Uh, So it's been a a challenge from a uh, operation standpoint, but we, we've definitely made it work. And I think it has helped us uh, set ourselves apart uh, in the post-production world. And that's definitely, you know, how I would describe what you guys do, because so many of the editing houses out there are, it's a factory approach, right? Get as many mm-hmm. photographers working with you as possible. There isn't a process I mean, some say there is a process to find your personal style, but everyone that I know that has worked with you has been very much like they're talking to an you literally have your own editor as if it's your own person and 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 your style kind of grows with that editor over the years and it's a partnership. That that's been my big thing with you is, is that your your relationships with photographers have always been a partnership and I think that's been the reason for your success and the reason why you've I mean the people that you work with are some of the best in our in our community and continue to be some of the best in our community. Um, so let me ask you along those lines, um, what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about, you know, using a service? I never used an out, outsourced editing service. I had always had a studio manager who you guys knew pretty well. Um, and they mm-hmm. took care of all of my work. She's, he's smiling on the other end. Yeah. I know that we <laughs> hung out quite a bit. Um, yeah. But, uh, not everyone has the luxury of having that. So what advice would you have like when you're thinking about kind of going in that direction? Um, I think one of the, I don't want to call it a mistake, but one of the thing that a lot of photographers come to us with is unrealistic expectations where they think that after one job and us looking at their website that we're going to know exactly how they like things done. Uh, It's really a process the same way that you would have someone in your own space in your studio you would spend time training them. You would sit down with them and go over your techniques and your style and your approach. 
Well, the same thing needs to happen on our end as well. We just have ways to expedite the process so we don't take up too much of your time. Uh, but there's a significant improvement from job one to job number five, uh, where the editor really understands the photographer a lot better. So th that's definitely the, the number one thing. That's good advice. All right. So let's move on to community and being an entrepreneur. And these are the things that I really want to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, no, I, like I cannot, you, you're so you're like the 86th or 87th guest that I've had on here. And I, I mean this with no joke, all joking aside, you are one of the, you and your wife are two of the two people who I've admired probably more than anyone uh, growing up in our industry. And I mean, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, I, the, the work that you guys have done and put in and the success that you've had, and it hasn't always been pretty. It's been bumpy along the ways for you guys. And you shared your journey with all of us. And, and I've admired you for that. I have to ask and now you're you're on a you're on a you seem to be on a different journey, and I'm trying to form what exactly I want in this question. <laughs> so if, I'm if just talking to words, you because <laughs> this is the way we always talk, and 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 I you you you've had success with being a photographer. Now you've had success with the image salon, uh, and now you seem to be into whatever the next steps, and it seems to be a big personal journey for you. So I guess my first question to you is is did this journey start because of the pandemic? I mean, this must have just thrown your life into complete disarray. You have a successful business. You've stopped shooting weddings. Now all of a sudden you're an image company that doesn't have any images to edit. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a total stop, but like, was that the reason for like, it seems like a very, very personal journey you're on right now. Um, did it start from that? Uh, first of all, thank you for the kind words. They're well received <laughs> and much appreciated. Um, yeah, the, the pandemic, I think, as for a lot of people, has accelerated a kind of awakening, you know, yeah. as to in terms of like, who are we as a species and what are we doing here and why are we alive, you know, just from like a very high level. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the personal spiritual journey has started a little bit before the pandemic. It, it just kind of helped accelerate things uh, for me significantly. There was for sure two, three weeks of, a lot, you know, intense anxiety and fear once it started and image salon revenue dropped to almost nothing and we had to let go of a lot of our staff, it, it, it was hard. So there was stress and anxiety, but um, already was starting to develop my own practice at, at the time. So I just uh, dove deeper into it and started doing yoga every day, meditating as much as possible and it really helped me get my, you know, get a handle on my, my inner state. And it hasn't been a, a smooth, journey since but it's something that i'm deeply passionate about and something that i love talking to other people about and helping others uh you know it's always hard to find the words like the words that come to mind right now are like to heal from the conditioning you know that society has imposed on us yeah. you know just waking up from that and realizing that we're so much more is kind of the the best way that i can put it well, at the same time, you're running a business, raising a family, and all the other yeah. all the other things. So, you're you're coming out of that, and I want to talk about your travels too. And I'm kind of saving that for the end. But 
uh, now that we're coming out of this pandemic and um, I recently took a job working for a company where I'm working with photographers quite a bit now and I'm mm -hmm. starting to see things really open up after, I mean, it's been an explosion. Uh, give me your insights on what you're seeing uh, mm. from now that things are starting to open up again. And I know Canada, uh, and I know you're, you work all over the world. I, I mean, Canada just opened up to the U.S. I don't know whether to say I'm sorry or not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what, what what's your insights on what you're seeing yeah, what we're seeing in the wedding industry, I mean, for us, it's been 90% U.S. revenue this year, which normally is around 50%. Yeah. Uh, so we are kind of grateful that America reopened so quickly, you know, to weddings. It, it helped uh, image salon quite a bit as of like June, July. Uh, and it looks like 2020, what year is it going to be? 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I lose track now. Uh, it's going to be even crazier. I, I read something to the effect that there's about 38 million weddings scheduled for 2022 in in the u.s wow. uh we we had a bit of trouble keeping up with uh the volume at the end of the year right now like as everybody's backlogged on their editing so we're doing everything that we can to to get ready for for next year um it's, it's exciting for sure i'm glad it's coming back and photographers are thriving and companies that support them can as well do you think that this trend's going to, like, in your experience, do you think that we're in for an, an, a different kind of revolution within our industry as far as the work that's coming out? Or actually, it's two questions. Do we? Do you think 2022 is going to be a banner year, 2022, 2023? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. I, I mean, on our end, we, we launched an AI editing software. I saw that. I was uh, going to ask you about that. I want to hear about that. Yeah, too. a couple months ago. Yeah, so it, basically, instead of having an editor uh, work on the images, it's all done on a, on a server. Uh, you get, you know, a thousand image order back in five, ten minutes, and it's fully edited. It's obviously not to the same quality or standard that a, a human would do it, but it's it's fairly close. And considering the lower cost and the the speed at which you get it back, you know, you could shoot on Saturday, send it in on Sunday morning, and get it back right away. Uh, you know, that's uh, a serious game changer. And so it, it's helping a lot of photographers who have slightly different standards for their editing. And uh, we're looking at using it to speed up our own workflows uh, with editors as well. Yeah, I mean that looks. I was just looking at that the other day, and I some of this AI stuff that's out there right now, and the speed that we can edit in images are just it yeah. is just incredible. Uh, and yeah. I, it's it's crazy, and and it's yeah. exciting for for new photographers. For sure, I'm here. I, I'm I'm here for it, and I'm glad it exists. But at the same time, I hope we don't lose the artistry that goes into photography, and that photographers do spend the time working on their best images. You know, just pick your top fifty, top one hundred, and spend time with those photos. Uh, it, it's fun to put in the creative work, and you learn a lot too, just from reviewing the images and seeing what you could have done better. It, it kind of forces you to spend more time with uh, those images. And I am finding a kind of across the board, and I don't know whether this is like the old guy over here, but like I am I am not seeing any kind of progression as far as 
the type of work. I, I feel like we're at a point right now where there's a new revolution that's got to be on the horizon, something that's different, the kind of work that's being done. And I do feel like with this AI stuff, being able to edit images really quickly and being able to throw presets on images, the hard work isn't being done. And and to a certain extent, I don't think it needs to be done, but I, I'm not seeing uh, work that uh, is, and maybe it's just because I'm not seeing it, but I do feel like um, the majority of the photography and photographers that I've been crossing paths with seem to be phoning it in a little bit more than, than, than they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not going to get into yeah. it. Let's talk about travel. Let's talk about travel. So one of your things has been the love of travel. And yeah. uh, it sounds like you guys just decided to pack it up and, and move mm-hmm. somewhere else and, and try something different. I want to hear about that. Tell me, if you don't mind talking about it, I want to hear about your beach travels and all of that because it just looks really great. Yeah, for sure. Um, th- that ties into our spiritual journey. Uh, so last uh, November, Davina and I came here to Costa Rica uh, to sit with a plant medicine called ayahuasca, if, you, if you've heard of it. Uh, it's a very tradition, traditional plant from the, the, the Amazon region. Uh, it's been used as a ceremony for thousands of years. Uh, you basically you drink it in a group setting uh, with a shaman who's kind of guiding the ceremony. It's a psychedelic, so you, you often have visions. Uh, you can purge. It, uh, it, you know, it needs to be treated with reverence and, and respect. Uh, so we came here for that, and, and we had you know, c- quite the experience. Uh, and the moment we boarded the plane to go back to Canada, we, we just knew we needed to come back here with the kids to experience Costa Rica more with them. It was, you know, the, the beginning of the winter in Montreal, there were still lockdowns. Uh, so it, it, we just needed to get out. Yeah. So we packed up our suitcases, grabbed the kids and came back here last January, spent about four months uh, in Costa Rica, moving around, making friends, uh, homeschooling the kids, which had its successes and its challenges. <laughs> um, but at the end of that four months, we were pretty certain we would be coming back for the school year. Uh, so we found a school in this little town that, that we really fell in love with. And we came back home to realize or to find out that we were no longer allowed to Airbnb our house uh, because it was in a part of the city where it was not allowed. So instead of having sort of a, a house back in Canada and a place here in Costa Rica, we decided to just sell our house and the real estate market was going crazy. Uh, we lived by the water, so it was in high demand. Um, so we sold our house in four days to another family, which is what we wanted. Uh, we asked for a 90 day close, they gave it to us. Basically everything that we needed to make this transition was delivered to us on a golden platter. Wow. Like it was, it was, the universe really wanted us to get out of there and to move here to Costa Rica. Uh, so we got here about two months ago in mid-September. The kids started school and we are just living our life here, trying to figure out what's next for us. It's We, we know what we're passionate about, but we're yeah. not sure yet how it translates into work or service to others. Uh, that that That's to be determined still. So the kids, I mean, gosh, what a huge transition for them and what a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they, is, is, are they, 
is it an English speaking school or or it's bilingual or? Yeah, the school is actually was started by a, a lady from France, okay. uh, and you know our kids were in French school back in Quebec. Ah, okay. Uh, so that worked out perfectly for us. Uh, so it's French, English, and they're learning Spanish at the same time. And wow. There's yeah, that's so cool. They're going to be trilingual. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and uh, you know the the school like they take off their shoes the moment they arrive, so they're barefoot all day. <laughs> they're running around in the dirt. There's a dog that's just loose in the school. <laughs> Um, there are very few rules, yet it still works so well. Uh, we finish the day, we grab them, we often go to the beach. Like it's just such a simple, casual approach to this routine that we're all used to in Western society. And it just it just feels so good. Like that's the best way I can put it. It just feels really good. That's awesome, and 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 again, a great experience for the kids. And uh, I know a few people in our community that kind of packed up like yourself and with kids or without kids and decided to just try it in a different spot. And what I find interesting about it is that I don't think this pre pandemic, I don't, I don't think it would have worked as well um, Mm -hmm. with people being on zoom calls and us like doing this podcast interview. When I first launched this podcast, the original intent was to do them at trade shows and conventions. And you know how mm. much I love trade shows and conventions. Yeah. So my original intent was this was, was give me a reason to be there and to do it. And then the pandemic had a different story. And then what I discovered was I was actually able to have more meaningful conversations or more fun conversations because you know I'm not very – I'm not a very deep and intense person. So um, it, it allowed us me to have some really fun conversations and more of them uh via these things so i'm curious do you feel like um the pandemic definitely really helped push you in that direction and or i mean you're still running your business right you're running your business from costa rica now do you think you could have done that pre-pandemic i so i stepped down uh, from my role as ceo last june so we have a new ceo in charge okay uh, which has helped a lot with that transition uh, I think that would have been a lot more challenging uh, to do it from here, but it is doable. I mean, yeah. there's internet, albeit not so great, but enough for us to have a conversation yeah, right I mean, now. we're doing it right now. It's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. I feel like two years in now or almost, it's hard to imagine what the alternate world would have looked like without the pandemic. Like, it's become so normalized and... Our lives have all been so affected by it. Yeah. Personally, I've had a fairly good experience, you know, f- from it. Um, it has pushed me to grow quite a bit and for our family t- to take these risky moves that have panned out. So, you know, damage aside, I'm very grateful for for how things have, have happened. Yeah, right on. All right. So last question, and then we're going to wrap up. Mm-hmm. What's next? <laughs> like I said, man, I don't know. Um, the the image that's you know becoming sharper for me is one where I work more closely with people. Um, I I feel good about plant medicines. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone, but it is a tool that can be helpful to a lot of people. Uh, so that be it, you know, psilocybin, you know, which is becoming closer and closer to being legal in the United States. Yeah. Uh, MDMA-assisted therapies, uh, coming to the jungle to sit with ayahuasca or other plants, or even cannabis has been a a great tool for my personal development as well. 
Uh, I love breath work. I love yoga. I love meditating. I love all of those things that uh, help people, you know, just become more in touch with themselves and who they're who they really are at their core. Um, again, how that translates into actual work, uh, I'm figuring out. But right now, I'm really in a stage of my life where I want to learn and acquire knowledge as much as possible. So I'm signing up to mentorships and trying to get certified in different things. Uh, okay. Kind of like, you know, going back to like 09. Are you still there? Yep, still here. Okay. okay, sorry. Yeah, going back to like 2009, 2010, you know, when Davina and I were learning so much about photography techniques before things became something for us. I feel at that same stage with this other work. And I still love photography. Um and I still love to photograph our kids and our family. But from a work standpoint, it doesn't light the same fire as it used to. Yeah. And it's taken me some time to be okay with it, but I'm okay with it now. I totally recognize that feeling. <laughs> no yeah. one understands that feeling more than me. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, well, it's really, really awesome to catch up with you. Uh, and... Uh, I uh, I don't know when we're going to see each other again. Hopefully, maybe it's some convention or trade show, I guess, at some point. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure but, that'll uh, happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, thanks for, for chatting with us and being on this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Thank you so much for having me. It was great catching up. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. We will see you back here next week.